Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. How do you deal with financial adversity? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast. We're coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Today, I want to talk about financial adversity. How do you deal with financial adversity? Everybody's going to have some financial adversity in their life, maybe one or two or three times, maybe more, who knows? But how do you deal with it? Well, I've got some definite ideas on how someone might deal with financial adversity, but I thought there's nothing like talking with someone who's dealt with it before, someone who's looked down into that deep, dark hole and looked back up. So with that in mind, I want to bring in a friend of mine. Um, We're going to call him uh, Daniel. That may or may not even be his real name. doesn't matter. The important thing is the story and what we can learn from the story. Uh, Daniel recently went through some insane financial adversity. And I kind of watched him go through it, um, go down the hole and come back out. So I thought that we could learn from... um, talking with Daniel a little bit today. And, and fortunately, um, he agreed to come and be on the show today and, and share a little bit of uh, his information, a little bit of his story to us. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you, David Hagan. And um, the uh, undermine or underlining uh, comment on that is uh, it was the big, deep, dark black hole uh, <laughs> that I was in. So um, I'm glad to be here, Dave. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Well, Daniel, tell us a little a little bit about yourself. How would you describe yourself? So, you know, I would describe myself as, um, you know, born and raised in Southern California, um, have a family. Uh, my wife and I have been uh, married for well over 30 years. 30 yeah, years. 30 wow. years, man. Good. To the same uh, same person. Yeah, same person. Wow, good yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I know. Good tax write-off, too. <laughs> um, I'm sure she'll appreciate hearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know, it's it's been great. Um, you know, we raised uh, four children, um, and um, you know, throughout those uh, difficult times in our lives, um, raising you know four children in Southern California. Um, at the same time, you're working, you're trying to go to school, you're trying to balance um, life, um, you're trying to balance family, you're trying to balance friends, and still want to maintain some type of social life. So. Um, Let me ask you this. Are the kids still in the house? uh, Yeah, a few kids uh, still in the house, believe it or not. I mean, as you know, Southern California, I mean, it's very, very expensive, very tough to to be on your own here. Right. And I think I recall that they're, what, in their teens or moving out of their teens? They're all out of high school. Yeah, they're all out of high school. They're in their teens. Uh, Fortunately, uh, the one thing that I did and and my wife and I strived is to to make sure that they um, followed a, a path that their future... Uh, would not maybe end up in the hiccups that my wife and I had learned from from the past 30 years, um, where you have instability 
versus having stability. So it's very important for at least them and for us to teach them that stability. So your thought is kind of uh, do do as I say, not necessarily as I do. Or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or learn from uh, my mistakes, learn from my ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking learning from your downs, but also your ups too. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ups in the story from what I uh, recall. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of ups. I mean, um, you know, in the last. Uh, you know, 30 years, my wife and I have held some pretty good, you know, professions. Uh, we've went to school. We went to uh, not only undergraduate school, but graduate school, uh, you know, Ivy League colleges um, and so forth. And, and you know, we've owned our home. So, so that's the next point that I wanted to make. You guys own a home. Yes. In Southern California here. Yes. Okay. Okay. And you had a business, have a business? Yeah, we actually have a business uh, in addition to having our professions because it was something that you know, 15 years ago, we were thinking about, you know, how are we going to do it to get the kids through college? Um, no matter what type of stable uh, profession you have, uh, four children in a household living in Southern California is very difficult. Very expensive. Now, very what, what what would you characterize your, per, your profession as? Uh, our profession was actually, uh, my profession was in, is in law enforcement. My wife has been um, in the social services, okay. um, you know, profession and working so for the government, public service. Yeah. Okay. Both of you working public for the government, service. basically uh, public th service. There, okay. There, there's probably nothing we would have done different than being public servants because, um, it's just a great realm of satisfaction, satisfaction. Um, obviously we know working in government or public sector, um, is not like working for a fortune 500 company, but at the end of the day, if we can make a difference in someone's life, that's much more important. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you've got a couple of nice public sector jobs, doing work for the public, getting the steady paycheck, and then you decided to start a business. Yes. So you started to talk about that a little bit, the reasons behind that, but tell me a little more about that. Yeah, so ultimately uh, the business uh, that I, pr I basically decided to start it up was something that, what am I good at? And what am I good at? Because we're all good at something. So everyone out there, whether you work at McDonald's, you're a body man, or you're in uh, an attorney, or you're a paralegal, um, someone knows something and has some ideas to basically do something on the side. And I figured based on my experience, my knowledge and expertise, that I was going to do something that fell within that realm. And that realm ultimately was to uh, do something along the lines of security, surveillance, et cetera. Right. Well, I didn't think we were going to jump in or fall into this particular topic, but very interesting that you say this, what was I good at? Because I think anyone looking to go into a business, that's one of the key things. What are you good at? And maybe the, the, the second question, what do you love? You know, and that's very, very important because no matter if you have money, if someone gives you money, if you are resourceful to get money, but I know so many people that had money, came across money, and just said one day, I'm going to open up a clothing store or I'm going to open up a used car dealership. They had no idea what they were doing. Right. So you have to have a mindset. You have to understand the job, the audience before you open and do anything on the side. Got it. Got it. All right. So this is sounding pretty good so far. Long-term marriage, four kids. They're moving up and out. Couple of public sector jobs, a business starting up on the side. But how did the adversity start? Tell me about that. Yeah. So I got to say the adversity start is when you're starting up any business. 
Uh, it's not like going to college and taking English 070 and then taking English 101 where they're teaching you the basics and the fundamentals of how to write, structure a report. In business, um, they just tell you, you need a business license, you need insurance, <laughs> go out and make money. I mean, that's just pretty much it's it. It's a little more complicated than that, I assume. Much <laughs> much, much more complicated than that because then employees come about, uh -huh, uh -huh. then insurances, uh -huh. and then your tax liabilities. And then before you know it, you're like, who am I really working for? Right. Am I breaking my back seven days a week, 18 hours a day for to improve the quality of life for my family and I? or just to provide for other people. Right. And that's the whole that started slowly but surely. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's another um, issue to consider. You know, employees, taxes, um, insurances, workers' comp in California, for example, critical to have. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, there's, there's, there's no bottom line. So you're spending all your time, um, you're creating jobs for maybe four, five, 10 people and, and their families, which is really all well and good. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're not doing anything to put towards your bottom line. You're not. And you're absolutely right. And, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with helping people and, 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 and providing for other people's, uh, other people's livelihoods, especially in a business, because the backbone of, that, of any business are your employees. Sure. You have to understand that. Mm -hmm. And I am one that understood that very, very well or understands that very well. But we also have to look at the economic, economic trend within our industry where when the housing market crashed, we, we, we also crashed with it mm -hmm. because it was tied into the housing market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our services are tied into uh, people paying homeowners associations. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very important uh, for us to basically um, try to stay on board and above water, but ultimately um, we weren't able to. All right, so the business was providing security guards, guard service to um, homeowners associations and the developments that they oversaw, managed, and operated. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. How many employees did you have at your peak? Uh, you know, at our peak, I want to say we we had probably uh, off and on anywhere from eight to ten, maybe. Okay. Okay. So, if you had to look back and think, what was the what was the first thing? What was the first little drip, drip, drip? that started to cause the, the problems? Was it the recession or was it something else? Well, it was a combination of things. Not only was it was the recession, but being a small family-owned operated business, uh -huh. um, I didn't have the luxury nor the re funding or the resources or the revenue stream to go out and get a proper accounting firm. So I, ra uh -oh. I, I dealt with just getting uh -oh. a basic bookkeeper. I hear this coming. Yeah. I've heard this many times. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me more about that. So going with the basic bookkeeper, uh, the bookkeeper uh, that I ended up going to initially when I started was someone who retired and did it out of their home. Okay. Again, another red flag that I learned right. later on as I went forward. Right. Um, certain things weren't properly getting filed. Certain things weren't properly getting submitted to the various entities that they needed to be submitted to. Um, and then um, pretty much it was a, a spiral down effect from that point. What kind of problems did the bookkeeper cause? I mean, aside from just not giving you any 
thoughts or advice on well, whether it, you had a bottom line, I assume. Yeah. So, so, so the biggest, um, the, the biggest thing here is the classification of employees. Are they subcontractors on a 1099? Or are they W-2 employees mm-hmm. that are paying payroll taxes? Mm-hmm. And that is the death trap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was questionable before. I'm assuming this happened, well, I know this happened several years ago. It was questionable before how this would be. And the California Supreme Court has recently come out with a ruling that made things exceedingly clear. They came out with a very bright line test. But the test also provided that, Almost everybody's an employee. Of course. So if you have an employee, how is that different than having an independent contractor? Well, from what I understood after trying to dig myself out of this mess. Oh, uh, and by the way, everybody that's listening, we're not giving any legal advice here. Yeah. D- Daniel's not an attorney. We're just getting his impression as a small business owner, his thoughts on what was the difference. Yeah. So the difference based on what I was told eventually when... The, the hammer came down uh, from all these various agencies um, and entities was that if a person is under your direct control, mm-hmm. then therefore that person basically becomes classified as an employee. Right. It's when the person is not under your direct control and you give that person a project and tell them complete it within the next 30 days or you give them a task order mm-hmm. um, and therefore they're not under your direct control. They come and go as they please. Uh, therefore, they would have to also carry their own general liability insurance and so forth and so on. Got it. And I don't want to get too much hung up into this definition of um, what's an employee and an independent contractor because, again, the California Supreme Court recently came out with a decision. The California legislature is um, uh, you know, trying to come up with some ideas for a, a definition, a better definition. Now, the court has, has weighed in. Um, one of the real interesting issues that's arising is um, how, how are Uber drivers and Lyft drivers going to be classified? Um, so it's a real big hot topic, not only in California, but across the country. But if somebody is an employee over an independent contractor, are there additional things you need to do for them? Of course. Like? Uh you need to provide them the proper training, especially okay. in the field that I'm in. Um, most, not most, all employees are mandated to be licensed mm-hmm. by the state mm-hmm. and have proper training that's going on. Okay. You need a minimum amount of general liability and workers' comp insurance. Workers' comp, kick, crucial Crucial. Issue. Right, right, right. Yeah. Workers' comp is one of the... Uh, is 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 one of the major operating expenses within at least my business, but from what I understand, any business, um, it probably takes up well over sixty five percent of whatever the revenues are. So someone really has to really consider that when they try to say, now I want to do something on the side. Right. Well, comp is expensive, especially in certain fields. Yeah. Security guard, I would think. In my office, workers comp, not so much. So mm-hmm. what, someone going to fall out of a chair or stab mm-hmm. themselves with a paperclip or something? Mm-hmm. But if you got guys, uh, men and women security officers driving around, I don't, I don't even want to know if they're carrying, but you know, there's liability there. They could get hurt. They could get into an accident. I mean, there's all sorts chasing somebody, walking up to someone's house. A lot of, lot of liability issues, it seems to me. Yeah, and, and I got to say, um, although, uh, knock on wood, in the last you know 14 years or so that I've been operating, um, I've maintained zero claims, 
you know, an impeccable record when it comes down to that. But I'm pulled in a group of professionals. So every year I saw 25 to 35% increase right. in my policies. Right, right, right. And when you see that increase and you're not able to increase your bottom line, right. then it put us slowly but surely into the dark tunnel that we ended up in this past year. And that was extremely difficult for my family and I. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get too much into the workers' comp issue, but uh, we, we've, we've kind of stumbled upon that. Um, you're not even talking about, I heard you say no claims, and we're not even talking about a situation where maybe there wasn't insurance and there was a claim, because that is almost always financial Armageddon for a business owner. You're just talking about paying the, the premiums. That's the it. The premiums being different. What about employee withholding tax? You know, th- that's the other big key. The other big key is it's very easy to withhold it, but at the end of the day, we're just holding it to send it off to someone. Right. And so it's very, very important that, you know, if there's any advice I can give to anyone, get, surround yourself by knowledgeable people that know what and how to do things. Pay that extra expense. Don't cut corners and say someone's retired working it from home. They'll do it on the side. 50 percent, 75 percent less than anyone else. Right, would. right, right. Don't do that. Right. Because when you do that, eventually that spiral effect catches up. Right, right. We'll get to solutions in a couple minutes. Um, I, I want to f- probe this this downward path a little bit more. Um, so w- w- the, the business had issues with respect to no bottom line, struggling to pay comp. Um, what other kinds of things happened? The business had a lot of issues with just the general operating expenses okay. uh, on the day-to-day business operating expenses. In addition to that, all the insurances, but then during the trend, up and down trend of the housing market, mm-hmm. uh, we're like the stock market. Mm-hmm. We're based on the stocks going up and down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same thing with our business and mm-hmm. the housing market. Mm-hmm. As the housing market goes up and down, our clientele decides to cut back services, eliminate services, or uh, Johnny Doak decides, I'm gonna do this, and then comes in and says, "Um, you're paying $100 a month, I can do it for $20 a month. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you find the clients going for the $20 a month uh, service Mm -hmm. to save money. Six months down the road, they call me back saying, hey, we're willing to pay you $120 because Johnny Doak really messed that up for us. Right, 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 right. So would it be fair to say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but would it be fair to say you had a business that was you know, struggling with some operational issues and then the downturn in the economy came? Absolutely. And was that the, was that the beginning of the end it, for it, the business? It yeah. was. It was? Yeah. Did you see it coming? I now look back, I probably saw it coming, but I was in denial. Right. Denial because? Denial because this is the livelihood. This is my livelihood. Okay. And, and, and I didn't want to put myself in, in a, I, I didn't want to make myself feel that this is coming and there's no way out because right. there is a way out. I just need to think about which way to go. And now I needed to be more creative with reaching out and being very resourceful. Got it. Got it. Let me ask you this. Did, at, at this point, you've got this business growing. Had you, had you left the public sector job? I had not left the public sector job um, yeah. at this time. Uh-huh. Um, I was doing, obviously, some consulting work for the public sector job. Okay. The, 
public sector job uh, obviously had his hiccups as well because um, just because they're a public sector, um, it's not easy at times to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, you weren't full time then with the public sector job at that point. Not at that point. All right. So you see this thing all, all heading down rapidly, I guess, down the hole. What were some of the effects on your on your life? What how did it affect your health, your marriage? You know, um it was it was very um it it affected it a lot um in the sense that um I I don't want to say too much it affected it with um my family or my wife and I, but it more affected it with um a little bit of regarding my health, but most importantly um, what I think took the biggest effect was that I kept it from everyone. Okay. I didn't let anyone know what was going on and how okay. I was going to deal with it mm-hmm. to put any added pressure on my family. Got it. Got it. So it created some issues, at least in your mind, in terms of dealing with the family. Of course. Because there was stuff going on they didn't know about. Of course. Very typical, by the yeah. way. In fact, with what we see and people that we talk to that are going through this, um, a lot of times the the, the family don't even know. Yeah. They know that, that something's off kilter, you know, with, with the, the breadwinner or the breadwinners. And then, um, then one day there's this big, uh, a big reveal, you know? All right. What about, what about, uh, uh, rock bottom? What was rock bottom? Rock bottom. I, I can honestly say was, um, when all of a sudden I wasn't able to meet some of the demands of some of these entities and uh-huh. agencies. Uh-huh. And then ultimately, um, it went from, I'm trying to work with them to all of a sudden liens, levies, garnishments, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know what this is, just remember those three words, liens, levies, and garnishments, because that will stop your entire livelihood. Mm-hmm. And when that, and when my entire livelihood stopped one Thursday morning, I didn't know really what to do at that time. I mean, you got up Thursday morning, had no idea what was going on. And by the end of Thursday morning, you'd, you'd hit the wall. Yeah, I got up one Thursday morning, found out that um, I had uh, um, all my clients and every resource stream that I had, revenue stream I had, had been levied or garnished, including our bank accounts. Um, and that basically put everything to an immediate halt, especially when I wasn't getting return phone calls from those entities that did that. So um, it was it was extremely, extremely difficult at that time. So you're, you're not getting calls back from the, the entities that leaned or levied, government and, and private sources, I suppose. And your customers have all gotten these lean and levy notices and they don't necessarily know what to do. They may or may not want to talk to you. Yes. And so you're, I mean, you're pretty much out of business in a couple of hours. Yeah. And so immediately what I needed to do, the one thing that I, that I knew that they could not take from me was the type of person I am. And Mm, that's that person that, that is basically high level of integrity. Right. Um, uh, assumes responsibility. Right. And ultimately, if I did something wrong, I admit to that and I tried to fix the problem. Right. And I've done that my entire life. Right. So my thing was I need to reach back out to my clients and every agency or entity that was levied or garnished mm-hmm. and let them know 
why this happened and where I'm where and how can we work past this? Right, right, right. So now you're talking about climbing back up out of the hole, but I'm, I still want to explore a little bit the, 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 the very bottom of the hole. And by the way, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this. This can't be this can't be pleasant, but I appreciate you bringing this information to our listeners mm-hmm. so that people can learn and understand from that and, and benefit from, from what you've learned really the hard way. You don't, yeah. you don't learn this stuff in school, you know, well, you know, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, David, I, 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 I wish that if they would have taught me this in business school and graduate school, um, Maybe I wouldn't have been in this in this situation. Right. I, 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 I would have had I would have taken a different path. But ultimately, um, by having all of this, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say one of the the most unpleasant times in my life was actually when I met with each and every one of my clients. And after talking to them for about the first 20 minutes, mm-hmm. they all gave me that aha moment. Mm-hmm. And they all sat back and they said, listen. We're here to help you in any way we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't care about these papers. Mm-hmm. You're not the first one. You probably won't be the last one. Mm-hmm. But what's most important is you came in here and you talked to us about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Fix your problems. Do what you need to do. And we'll support you 100%. Right, right. So key. I mean, the down, the the, the, the most downward portion was probably what filing filing bankruptcy ultimately that was ultimately it because after i talked to them there was nothing else i could do from these entities not returning my phone call Uh i had no choice but to go to the extreme and at that time i said there's two things in life that are more important for me Mm -hmm. and that was my family Mm -hmm. and my business Mm -hmm. And I needed to protect that. Mm-hmm. So I needed to do what I needed to do um, within my means mm-hmm. to protect that. Right. And the best thing that I could have done is consulted with legal counsel uh-huh. and ultimately filing for bankruptcy protection, which basically was um, wow. one step from coming out of that dark hole because it was like they sent me that that legal counsel send me that lifeline right and within 48 hours of meeting the legal counsel um i had that lifeline there and that lifeline was just taking me back to the island right and um and 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 even though that was a very difficult part in my life in fact it was something that i didn't even talk to my wife about until afterwards um but it was what kind of was the rebound effect right. with with getting out of this. Right. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to, to bring you on the show was, um, you know, I know you're a really hardworking guy, very resourceful guy, very impressively so a resourceful guy. Um, and one of the things that I'm hearing here just from the, the timeline of things, which impresses me even more, is that even before you had hit bottom, even before you'd reached out to counsel, you were already formulating a rebounding plan. You had already had those discussions with your customers. You know, I had had those discussions not only with my customers, but I went back being the resourceful person I am. Mm-hmm. I have helped people my entire life. Uh-huh. I've never asked for anything from anyone. 
Um, I had, fortunately, I had grandparents who were financially wealthy Mm -hmm. and never asked for anything from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Never expected anything. Uh, My wife and I built everything on our own Mm -hmm. with our Mm -hmm. own sweat Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. own time and energy. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I started thinking about those resources. So I started making some calls. I made calls to friends and family. And I made calls to friends and family basically saying, listen, this is where I'm at. This is what happened. You know I'm good for it. Mm -hmm. You know I've always helped you. Um, But what I did, let me go back on this. The friends and family I reached out to, I reached out to the friends and family that I knew were in a situation or a position that they could help me temporarily. Mm -hmm. They knew that we would, I would rebound from this. Mm -hmm. And that was my second lifeline because they literally opened up their checkbooks and said, what do you need to get by? And here you go and get pay me back when you can. Right. And this was in addition to having already discharged a whole bunch of debt in the bankruptcy. Absolutely. So you, you were in a pretty big hole. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got with the right professionals. You started to put together a plan. You relied upon uh, advice or, or, or support from family. What other kind of things did you do? Well, the one thing I want to say <clears throat> that, that it's very important for anyone out there when you get legal counsel whether and legal counsel is not a cpa it's not going to a cpa and saying how do i get out of this you need that legal counsel you need that professional and like what i did and hired someone who retired to do my accounting it's not hiring a law firm on someone that is retired but's doing it on the side or Mm -hmm. does legal counsel Mm part-time you need to find what I call the dream team of legal counsel Mm -hmm. that could help you get out of this. And Mm -hmm. in this particular case, it would be a bankruptcy attorney. Mm -hmm. As we know, there's an attorney on every block, but there's not a good bankruptcy attorney Mm -hmm. on every block. Mm -hmm. They're very hard to find. Someone that'll help you pursue a plan and, and a dream. Not only a plan and a dream, but that is with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. They become part of you. They become not only a, 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 a legal counsel, but they become a friend. Mm-hmm. They become that after you file and after you're trying to rebound from this, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're someone that ultimately you know that will answer your phone call. You can meet up with from time to time. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very important for me ultimately to do that. Wow, wow. All right, so what was your, uh, climbing back out of this hole, what was your daily life like? What was, what was like a typical day? Well, you know, I mean, the typical day for me was ultimately what do I do to rebound mm-hmm. and how do I rebound from this and what lessons were learned. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the lessons that were learned is one, uh, living um, and operating within my means. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that is if in the past um, we always had extra vehicles, not only personal but business vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, did we want them or did we need them? Right. And so you have to be honest with yourself. Right. And we liquidated and got rid of the ones we didn't need any, did want anymore. Right. The ones we need, well, we needed them. We right. needed to keep them. N- number two, 
was how do we get back on track with trying to rebound from our credit? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did seek out um, credit uh, rebuilding firms. Mm-hmm. We did seek out a um, secured credit mm-hmm. card as well. Right, that's smart. So we went through some of those focal points, but most importantly, the one thing that I learned from my attorney was that set a budget, stick with the budget, and live within your means. Right. And that was very, very important that, and not only that, it's the courses that you're taught through the bankruptcy process that, wow, I didn't know this, or I kind of knew this, but I didn't really know that this could be one of the triggers. Right, right. Now you've, 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 you've mentioned one of the words that we don't use here on the podcast, the B word, uh, the budget word. Um, we call it uh, a spending plan. A little bit different way to think about things. A budget's like on a diet. Like a diet. As soon as you're on it, you don't want to be on it and you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget, same way. So I, I, I like to think of it as a spending plan. Um, and maybe you'll chew on that a little bit and on a go-forward basis. I think it's a lot more uplifting, although everybody in the world calls it, um, you know, a budget. So tell me a little bit now. You've, you've put together this plan. Um, your, your financial difficulties are now mostly in the rearview mirror, from what I understand. What's your, what's your life like now? You know, I got to say, um, it's, it's just right now trying to really rebound um, and trying to restructure with mm-hmm. the clients that I have mm-hmm. and understanding and not taking anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the small things like, um, you know, we've I've gone a very long time without giving any type of increases. Mm-hmm. As much as I would need an increase mm-hmm. in our services and I felt we needed it to survive, mm-hmm. I let it go. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing that I was doing, but... This time, I uh, I have to be in it 200%. Right. I wasn't in it or didn't feel I was in it 200%. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I was in it 200% mm-hmm. because I didn't have a, so much going on. Mm-hmm. As I built it, I had more things going on. And I feel that now I'm the face of my company. Right. People want to see me. Mm-hmm. My clients want to see me, hear me, and talk to me. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I did is made myself ultimately readily available right. for them. But aside from that, it's now trying to negotiate expenses, trying to negotiate insurance costs, trying to negotiate uniform equipment, trying to negotiate supplies that we buy. Because we have to negotiate now. Sure. Where before, I didn't negotiate. The broker told me this is what it was. We paid it. You wouldn't even shop it around? We wouldn't shop it. Wow, wow. Did most of your customers stay with you through the difficult time? Uh, most of my customers did most. stay with me. In one way or another? In one way or another. N- new contracts, new arrangements, new whatever. You know, the hardest part, and, and this goes to show a lot of people, um, in, in what I do, there's no such thing as contracts. Mm-hmm. It's a month-to-month basis. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for 15 years sometime, 15, almost 15 years, um, with the same clients on a month-to-month basis. Mm-hmm. So that, for myself, says a lot and says a lot of the type of person that I am, you know? Right, right, right. And how's the business now? It's doing okay? You know, the business is doing um, fairly well. Okay. Um, it's I, not there yet, though. It, it's not there yet, okay. though. Uh, you know, I've rebounded. I've restructured. 
we rebranded the entire business, as you know, that takes lots and lots of money and energy. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm 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 at that point where we're trying to now sustain. Uh, more secured contracts mm-hmm. um, and trying to look for contracts that are going to be long-term right. versus month-to-month. Right. And that was one of the things that I got to say. One of my clients brought that to my attention and said, Daniel, don't be afraid to send me a contract and have the client commit to a 12-month period. Mm-hmm. Send me it. Mm-hmm. We will push it through mm-hmm. because they do that for us. Mm-hmm. I know you've been on a month to month, but you need security now. Right. You look at what happened. You don't want that to happen again. So you had a customer telling you client. don't client, don't be afraid to send me a twelve month contract when you were doing business month to month with people. Absolutely. And why would why would a customer, why would a client why would they say that? I didn't ask. Right. And and the only thing that came to my mind is there was a reason for that because that client in a six month period referred me additional clients that they had that were unexpected. Right. It was unexpected. So someone that knew you, respected you, probably admired you for what you went through and survived. And here on the backside of this, they're, they're basically promoting you, giving you referrals and giving you little tips on the business. Yeah. And, and I gotta say, I found out at the end, uh, that particular client told me one day, you know, my husband and I went through this mm-hmm. on a business we had on the side, mm-hmm. and my daughter and her husband went through the same thing mm-hmm. on a business they had on the side. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to explain to me anymore what you're going through. Right. They felt your pain. Felt it. Wow. Wow. Wow, we're way over our time right now. It's incredible. I can't believe that so much time has gone by. Uh, Daniel, let me ask you this. Somebody walks into an elevator, you're sitting there, and they say, hey, how do you stay out of financial trouble? How do you get through financial adversity? I guess more to the point. What would be your two or three sentences quick off the top of your head? My two or three sentences would actually be that understand how you got there. Yeah. And don't be in denial. Absolutely. Number two would be, what can I do to fix this mm-hmm. and rebound from it okay. and learn from? But number three, which for me was the savior, was being very resourceful. We are all resourceful out there. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself by highly professional people. Mm-hmm. Don't feel embarrassed and make the calls so that people can help you or give you the right advice. Right, right. Oh, that's just mind blowing that you would say that because I was putting together some notes for the show. And, you know, I've sat down with thousands and thousands of people over the years that have, you know, gone through jams. That's just the nature of what we do. And, and, and my thoughts, my, my high points were one, understand the cause, which you said, two, own it which you said, and three, set up a specific plan to earn yourself back, which you said. So without even having any pre-conversation before the show about this, your real life examples are, are really in line with what I was already thinking. So there must be some intrinsic truth to these two or three or four steps. Um, myself from the more you know, uh, uh, you know, academic side of things and you from the real, the, 
pithy get up in the morning, go to work and get it done side of things. So um, that's amazing. Life is good now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been, it's been good, Dave. And, and I got to say, you know, understanding those three concepts and living by them and continually continue to strive forward um, is probably um, what has um, made me rebound. And I want to say also has made me a better person because you have to understand those. You have to own up to them. Yeah. And that's the only way that you're really going to, you know, rebound for them. But one thing I forgot to mention is you need to have that family support as well. Yeah. Uh, family support is going to be very, very important. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, just remember if you always do things the right way, there's nothing that can really happen that could be that bad. Right. Absolutely. This isn't, uh, you know, people dying in car accidents or from unfortunate disease. It's just, uh, it's just money. That's I tell all it people, is. it's just money. Let me ask you this. I'm going to go out on a limb. The financial problems, the difficulties that you went through, good experience, bad experience. Well, I want to say in the time of my life, uh, I, I can, I, I, I do want to say it's probably been, um, it's probably been both. It's probably been a very bad experience in my life, but I can honestly say that at our age, my wife and I age right now, um, I, I can honestly say it's probably been a good experience also because then um, these are lessons that we learn from and these are what can we do for the next you know 50 years moving forward. Wow, wow. Words to live by. Glad to hear it. Daniel, thank you for coming by the show today. Wow. Um, and, and, and sharing this, this real life story with us. I knew that it would have a good ending just because I've known you for quite a period of time and watch you go down and watch you bump up. In fact, uh, I've, I've seen you sort of uh, super heights and I expect even more, maybe uh, six, eight months from now, we'll have you back and, and hear some more about your continued path upward. Yeah. You know, Dave, and the one thing that always, always gets to me is, um, is uh, when, I, when I ended up going into my uh, legal counsel's office um, and I'm sitting there and, uh, and I got to say, this is someone that has, has, has just worked, you know, nonstop around the clock. In fact, I don't feel he probably charged me enough for the time and effort that don't, he did. Don't, don't say that in <laughs> case your lawyer's listening and the, you'll get the, a bill. <laughs> the, 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 one thing, the one thing that I got to say he did, he comes in one day and uh, he, actually two things. Uh, one I was very admired by because he would call me the next day going, well, you know, I was in my shower and I was thinking about things and I thought of something while I was in the shower. So I felt a little honored knowing that he was thinking of me while he mm -hmm. was in the shower. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't take that the wrong way. Yeah. Right? yeah. Number two, I'm sitting in him yeah, in his office, his conference room and comes in, he goes, I don't, I don't know how you've not had a stroke or a heart attack. He goes, I, 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 I don't see it. He goes, you are maintaining this very, very well. And I said, you know, Dave, I've done nothing wrong to get me to this situation. Mm -hmm. I honestly say everything that I've done here right ha has got me here mm -hmm. because of how difficult it is to maintain and operate a business right, and a family. Right, right, right. And ultimately with that said and done, um, I learned from that and I got to say, um, and, and I'm very appreciative, you know, for that. Well, so I guess, uh, one of the tips is, uh, find uh, compassionate counsel and somebody that you can relate to and someone that'll help 
you know, walk you out of the hole, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, that's all the time we have. Again, we're way, way, way over our normal allotment, but uh, this was very interesting. Thanks again, Daniel, for coming in. I appreciate it. We're not going to do any emails today because we're, we're so out of time. We're working on a couple of really interesting shows coming up. One is we're going to ask, how much is enough? In another show, we're going to look at the joy in trying to pursue that financial path. And we're, we're going to talk about the new Apple credit card. Did you see that last week? We're going to check that out. We're going to hold it up against the black card and some of the other cards that we've looked at and really kind of pull, uh, pull all the curtains down on that and examine uh, that card for whether uh, it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, wow, I'd like to keep talking with Daniel, but uh, that's all the time we got. That's a wrap for today. We'll talk to you next week. This is Dave Hagan. And you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.